Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. For a long time, there was just a lot of frustration and and shame and and anger because it was more of a why me? Why is my body like this? Why do Mm -hmm. I have to go through this? Why is everyone else, quote unquote, normal? but me and um i just want the listeners to understand this is this is how i used to feel this is this is um the space that i used to be in with my body and so i really understand if you're in that space it's no need to be ashamed because considering where i am now and the work that i do now you can always move into a space of peace Hey, Love Food listener, Julie Duffy Dillon here. I'm preparing season four of the Love Food podcast. And in the meantime, I'm rebroadcasting the PCOS and Food Peace podcast. Kimmy Singh and I interviewed people navigating their food peace journey while affected by a chronic condition called polycystic ovarian syndrome. Do not experience this yet experience diabetes, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, or another condition and don't want to diet? Or are you feeling shame every time you leave the doctor's office or avoid them altogether because of the weight talk? Or are you looking for more body liberating resources? Well, then we made this podcast just for you. Pencil me in for Tuesday, September 17th, when season four of a Love Food Podcast begins. And now, the PCOS and Food Peace Podcast. Take care. Chapter three, Ivy Felicia on feeling broken and finding comprehensive treatment. Hi, and welcome to the PCOS and Food Peace podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon. And I'm Kimmy Singh. We're so glad that you're here with us. We put together this show with you in mind, and we hope that it brings you the companionship that you're looking for as you navigate your PCOS journey. So Kimmy and I have worked really hard to put this show together, and we want to shine a light on voices often not heard in PCOS circles. You will hear from people like Jess Baker, Danny Adriana, Sophie Carter-Khan, and many others. Every interviewee was asked a series of questions about their PCOS journey. This episode features Ivy Felicia, a wellness coach and body image expert. We will start today how we start every chapter of PCOS and Food Peace with a listener question. We gather these questions on Instagram, through our Facebook community, or email newsletter. Today's question comes from someone that responded to our newsletter. You may be wondering what our newsletter is, and there is a a newsletter that I sound out just about every week that includes more tips and ways to promote food peace with PCOS and many other conditions. It also connects people with my other podcast called Love Food. And you can join anytime by going to pcosandfoodpeace.com slash podcast. So Lori asked this question and 
She said, I have one big question for you. My blood pressure hovers between being elevated and high, and my dad takes pills to control his high blood pressure, despite him being healthy and moving a lot. There's a history of diabetes in my family and cardiovascular disease. My grandfather died of cardiac arrest. On top of that, PCOS puts me at an even higher risk for cardiovascular disease. Is it possible to mitigate this medical risk without dieting? Some doctors are open to health at every size, but the second they hear about my family history, they go like, yeah, actually, you need to go and watch your diet. So thanks for all the work you do. More people need to hear your voice. Cheers, Lori. Thank you for the kind words, Lori. Yes, definitely. Well, what do you think, Kimmy? Well, I mean, I think this is a really common question, and I'm sure that many of our listeners are kind of wondering the same thing. And yeah, I mean, I think that when you consider a diet, a lot of times we want to respond to our health and we want to try to control it all through what we're eating, especially when we know we're maybe at higher risk for issues that may be related to diet. But I find that the more you try to control it with with rigidity, especially with people with PCOS, it kind of bounces back Mm -hmm. and it's really harmful. Yeah, yeah. And I think even if there's like a big push because of like a health risk or a family history, it doesn't take away the information we have so far about dieting. Like we basically know without a doubt that diets don't work for most people. It's just a matter of time until the weight's regained. Like I think like basically researchers already have decided, okay, diets don't work. Now they're just fighting over how long does it take to regain the weight. And (laughs) so... um, And the other part of it, too, is like the stuff that we blame on being at a higher weight, like high blood pressure, diabetes, like those are things that can be explained by weight cycling or that yo-yo dieting thing or when just when people keep trying to diet, you know, it can actually be part of what's causing those conditions or like leading to them. So um, diets are not going to be the answer for most people. I And I, I have a feeling too, like, I don't know about Lori, but I know there's a lot of people who maybe in their family, there's some person, Aunt Susie, or, you know, somebody in their family who was able to lose weight long-term and manage their diabetes that way. But for mm-hmm. most people, it doesn't promote health long-term. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like diets are already kind of tempting, you know, when you're living in a culture that's telling you that you have to, you know, lose weight or look a certain way to have value. So there's already that allure. And then if on top of that, you have to worry about, you know, your health, which we're all concerned about, um, it can just be really hard to step away from it. So mm-hmm. Lori, like, I, there are other options out there, but also like try to feel compassion towards yourself as you're feeling that, you know, desire to diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about what she said about trying to reach out and advocate for herself with her doctors about not mm-hmm. wanting to use diets to treat her conditions, but then they, you know, are like, well, okay. But then as soon as they bring up the family history, like, oh no, 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 it kind of like freaks them <laughs> out. And I think, yeah. um, that's a really common, uh, occurrence too. And I'm really excited for the listeners to hear our interview with Ivy Felicia, because she's someone who talks a lot about this. And, and I think about almost every guest that we got a chance to sit down with Kimmy, I feel like they talk so much about their experiences with healthcare providers and getting that pushback and, and really finding like, they found health and peace when they were basically like firm with like, no, I'm not going to take that as an answer anymore. I'm not going to take diets 
or pursuing weight loss as an answer anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm really excited for them to hear our interview with Ivy Felicia. Yeah, definitely. So we get a chance to hear from Ivy Felicia in just a few minutes. Right now, we're just going to pause for a brief commercial break. Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcasts. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This rebroadcast of the PCOS and Food Peace podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace courses. If you're experiencing PCOS, I know at some point you were told you have to diet in order to promote health, like forever. So what do you do when you've tried every diet and it hasn't worked? What do you do if you know diets don't work for most people? So why would they work when you have PCOS? I have a course just for you. I have a 12-step system that I take people through who are wanting to move away from diets, heal the relationship with food, do intuitive eating work, and promote health at the same time. Yeah, it's possible. If you want to look at all the details, go to PCOSandFoodPeace.com. And keep in mind that I have a 25% off coupon that when you're in the checkout area, just put in the coupon code PODCAST and you'll get 25% off. So I look forward to seeing you within the course. And if you're a dietitian who helps people with PCOS, which so many people are affected by this condition. So I have a feeling if you're a dietitian, you are working with people with PCOS. 
And if you're a dietitian who is haze informed or uses only non-diet approaches, if you don't, well, look into them because they're a really important part of the PCOS healing experience. And if you want some more tools to help those clients with PCOS, go to the course I designed just for you. It has 20 continued education units through CDR, and you can get to all the details at pcosandfoodpeace.com slash dietitians. This rebroadcast is also brought to you by Kimmy Singh's work at tastingabundance.com. So Kimmy Singh, when she recorded this podcast with me, was finishing up her master's degree in nutrition and starting her dietetic internship, and she is all done. She is a dietitian now and seeing clients. If you would like to know more about her work, she does speaking nationally, and she also works with clients individually. If you'd like to know more about her work, go to tastingabundance.com. All right, enough of all that. Let's get back to the show. Kimmy and I are thrilled to share our interview with Jess Baker. She's a positive, progressive, and magnificently irreverent force to be reckoned with in the realm of self-love, advocacy, and mental health. She believes in the importance of body autonomy, hard conversations, strong coffee, and even stronger language. She does all of these in our interview, and we loved it. After creating satirical versions of Abercrombie & Fitch advertisements in 2013, she appeared on the Today Show and quickly became one of the leading voices in the current body image movement. That's why it was so important to include Jess Baker in the PCOS and Food Peace podcast. When not writing, Jess spends her time speaking around the world, working with plus-size clothing companies, organizing body liberation events, taking pictures in her underwear, and attempting to convince her cats that they liked to wear bow ties. Learn more about Jess at themilitantbaker.com. The interview with Jess is coming up next, following this brief commercial break. This PCOS and Food Peace podcast is being brought to you by Theralogics, the makers of Avocetol, an inositol supplement with a blend of myo-inositol and dechiro-inositol in the body's optimal ratio of 40 to 1. Inositols are nutrients that help to decrease insulin resistance, promote menstrual regularity, restore ovulation, and balance hormone levels. In convenient powder form, Avocetol can be enjoyed in your favorite beverage or smoothie. Available in both a canister and convenient single-serving packets, Avocetol contains 100% pure inositols with no additives. It also is the only inositol supplement that I recommend to my clients with PCOS because it does have that very important 40 to 1 ratio and is third-party tested. Order online today at theralogics.com. That's T-H-E-R-A-L-O-G-I-X.com. And during checkout, be sure to use my PRC code, 127410, and you will get an exclusive PCOS and Food Peace podcast discount. Also, be sure to listen to the end of this episode where we will give you the opportunity to win a free 90-day supplies of Avocetol. So go to Theralogics.com and use the PRC code 127410. Hi, Ivy. Hello, Julie. Thank you for having me and Kimmy. Hi. Thank you for joining us. Tell me how you figured out you have PCOS. 
I was diagnosed with PCOS in 1997 um, by my uh, OBGYN at the time. Um, And it was interesting because it sort of started as a self-awareness and a self-diagnosis because um, there were sort of, I was having symptoms of PCOS and my doctor was trying to treat it in a myriad of ways. And um, I had actually done a paper on PCOS in college. And so (laughs) um, it was sort of like, uh, you know, my body was already making this connection with me, right? Because I was doing the paper and um, I realized that it was this checklist of all these things that I was experiencing. And I told my doctor then, have you ever heard of polycystic ovarian syndrome? And um, then she said, oh, yeah, 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 that's what you have. (laughs) (laughs) Nice to know. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the beginning of a very, very long journey of living with PCOS. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you made that paper on PCOS because otherwise, how would you know what you were experiencing? Yes. And back then, so many physicians had no, I mean, even now, a lot of doctors aren't fully aware or don't have a lot of information. But imagine then, um, you know, it was even more rare for a doctor to even know what PCOS was or even how to treat it or assess it or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So since yeah. then, how has your relationship been with healthcare professionals Um, in relation to your PCOS treatment? I try to be cognizant when people ask me this question (laughs) Um, (laughs) because I have had a very negative and um, traumatic experience with uh, health professionals and the health field and the wellness field when it comes to PCOS. And so it, it hasn't been easy. It's been really difficult quite often Um, When I went to the doctors, they would focus mainly on my weight because I am a a woman of size. Mm -hmm. And so um, they would zero in on that first and they would ignore all the other things that were going on. And so therefore, I didn't really have comprehensive treatment um, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't really getting the help that I needed. Um, I've also experienced fat shaming, um, body shaming from health professionals um, in, in, in connection with PCOS. Um, I've had weight loss surgery pushed on me. Um, you know, it, it seems like my weight has always been the center of the, of the conversation rather than actually getting down to the root of what PCOS really is and how it manifests in my body. Um, and I, I had my first positive um, interaction with a health professional in uh, 2012 when I found a holistic doctor um, who was the first person to treat me as a whole person. And mm-hmm. she was the first person to talk about how PCOS was affecting, um, I'm sorry, how my entire life, my environment, my stress, my sleep, um, the people that were around me, how all of that was sort of impacting how PCOS was manifesting in my body. And so she was the first one to say, you know, 
Um, have you tried yoga? How are you sleeping? What's your stress level like? Mm -hmm. and, and to consider all of those things rather than just to look at so let's talk about how you can lose some weight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you said something really important and I never put this word on it before. And I'm thankful that you, you worded this way. Cause I'm like, this is exactly what I've been like kind of conceptualizing, but like having that fat phobic kind of environment at the doctor's office kept you from comprehensive treatment. Like I'm, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what, cause all they were doing, like you said, was zeroing on the weight. And I feel like that's what Kimmy and I hear from people is that like, that's what healthcare providers are doing. So they're like missing all these pieces. And so it was what, let's see, uh, 15 years of like with this diagnosis before you really got treated as like a whole human. Mm -hmm. That's so sad. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it, it's still that way. It hasn't really, I mean, I found that doctor, I had that experience that led to my intrigue with holistic lifestyle and holistic wellness and all of that from a weight neutral perspective. Um, however, even now, if and when I go to the doctors, I still have the same experience. Um, it's just that now I have the tools, I have the awareness to navigate it and to speak for myself and to advocate for my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you've been learning, like how to advocate for your body in other spaces, um, how did you like tell your loved ones about your PCOS and how do you tell them now? Um, I actually don't remember how I told my parents. So, <laughs> you know, um, at that age, when I got diagnosed, I was 17 and I, I remember I didn't, they didn't know right away. I, I feel like they weren't aware of it until years later, because when I was first diagnosed, um, there was a lot of confusion and shame and I felt like something was broken or wrong with me. And so I sort of hid it from other people once the doctor, because the way it was presented to me from um, the physician at the time was you have PCOS, which means you'll probably never be able to have children mm -hmm. and you will have irregular periods. And so, and that was how it was presented to me. Mm -hmm. And so Hearing that in the middle at 17, you know, just wow. sort of coming out of puberty and like you're at the peak of figuring out womanhood, mm -hmm. it's like the doctor saying you're not a woman or, you know, you're, you're something's wrong with your body or, and so I just didn't share it because I felt like it was something that I didn't want other people to know for mm -hmm. a very long time. Um, and so it wasn't until I sort of started finding peace with it myself that I was able to tell my family and with my husband, when we were dating, I told him pretty early on into dating because I felt like it was such um, an important part of my life that he needed to know um, mm -hmm. and he needed to be aware um, so that he could know whether or not it was something that um, he was equipped to be a part of. I can't imagine just like, I, I guess like when I got my diagnosis, I was already in a relationship. So mm. it was something I processed together, but I haven't had to think of like dating and going through the process of telling somebody, mm -hmm. how did you like prepare yourself or can you, would you be comfortable sharing any more about that? Sure. No problem. Mm -hmm. um, actually, the biggest help for me was my, my sister. We both have PCOS. Oh. Um, I only have one sister and um, we both have PCOS and she was already married at the time. And I had to, I, when I was dating my husband. And so I had the conversation with her mm -hmm. and um, 
I asked her, you know, so what did you do? How did you tell him? She told me, you know, I just came out and told him, this is me, this is, you know, this is what's going on with my body. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, if a person loves you, they love all the things that come, come with you. And so I just sat down and had the conversation with him. And I said, you know, this is what I have. And this is how it manifests in my body so far. These are the experiences that I've had. Um, this is how I have to live my life. These are the different adjustments that I have to make. Um, I don't know exactly what this means for, um, it, I didn't know what it meant for fertility for me because I haven't actually tried to um, procreate. So I couldn't really give him any insight on what that meant for me. And he was very supportive mm-hmm. right off the bat. And so he That's actually great. knew some friends, um, some female friends who had PCOS and he had heard of it before. So he was already aware it wasn't new to him. Wow. That's great. That's really Mm -hmm. nice. So let's uh, turn a little bit. And, um, you know, you mentioned that uh, docs were often pushing uh, weight loss or diets and really focusing on your weight. And Mm -hmm. uh, for so many people in that who've experienced that, which it seems like, I don't know, every person I ever talked to that experiences PCOS has experienced that, um, it often affects our relationship with food. So how has PCOS affected that with you? Um, well, at first, I would say that PCOS affected my relationship with my body, which affected my relationship mm-hmm. with food. Mm-hmm. So um, because of PCOS, I had a lot of shame and anger and frustration. And my goal with my body in the past was to control it. So therefore, that need to control my body showed up in um, disordered eating, excessive dieting, excessive fitness, um, things like that, because I wanted my body to not be what it was, (laughs) very frankly. So it it showed up as, well, if I eat this way and I, I exercise this way and I do these extreme diets, then I can get my body to change. I can get it to be smaller. I can get it to, you know, behave differently. And I spent um, several years in in dieting and extreme fitness in order to try to gain that control. Mm. I can only appreciate how that would then make that relationship just, I don't know, for me, it's like, I can't imagine it being healthy then, you know, it's not Mm -hmm. in a place um, where you're like in tune with what your body needs and Mm -hmm. not trusting it when it's just like, I have to control it and fix Mm -hmm. it and make it work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, That that totally stinks. Yeah. I refer to it as my, my years of being at war with my Mm -hmm. body because my choices um, that I was making really were, what I see as were violent at the time. I didn't know they were violent choices, but um, it was sort of me fighting back and forth with my body. I wasn't working in tandem with it. I wasn't coming from a space of compassion. I wasn't trying to understand it. I just wanted it to be different. And a lot of that was because I hadn't accepted my body at that point. I I wasn't Mm -hmm. at that space of acceptance. I wasn't trying to understand it. I was just trying to control it and change it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know that you spoke, I mean, you already touched on how PCOS has affected your relationship with your body, but are there any other components that it's affected? Um, really, like even, you know, some of the PCOS symptoms aside from size, that's influenced how you relate to your body. 
Yes. <laughs> so, you know, it shows up differently. That's the one thing about PCOS that makes it so mysterious to me mm-hmm. is the fact that it just manifests different in, in, in everybody in different ways. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of the emotional symptoms that, that showed up for me, um, that also affected my lifestyle. I also have insulin resistance as a result of the PCOS. And so um, that resulted in a lot of highs and lows in my blood sugar, which also caused a lot of highs and lows in my moods and my energy and all of that. And so there was, the best way to describe it is that um, for a long time, there was just a lot of frustration and, and shame and, and anger because it was more of a why me? Why is my body like this? Why do mm-hmm. I have to go through this? Why is everyone else quote unquote normal, but mm-hmm. me. And mm-hmm. um, I just want the listeners to understand this is, this is how I used to feel. This is, this is um, mm-hmm. the space that I used to be in mm-hmm. with my body. And so I really understand if you're in that space, um, it's no need to be ashamed because um, considering where I am now and the work that I do now, um, you can always move into a space of peace. But mm-hmm. um, it definitely was not easy when I was in that space of war. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, so um, sort of on the same note, as you know, like body positivity has this great idea of, you know, finding more peace with who you are. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel like PCOS and other chronic conditions fit into that, knowing that, you know, most people, if they could choose, they would choose not to have those? Mm-hmm. Um. I'm glad you asked me that, Kimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're going to answer. <laughs> I actually was talking to a client that I've been working with for a while now. And we mm-hmm. were talking the other day because she also lives with a chronic illness. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that I sort of came to this place where after um, finding body peace and body acceptance that I even got to the place where I realized how PCOS sort of helped to make me who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a very, <laughs> like, that's sort of a, a deep thing, thing to think about. But what I mean by that is that because of PCOS, I had to learn and understand and be more patient and slow down and um, come to understand my body and to build that relationship with my body. And it also helped me to be more compassionate with other human beings who also live with other different types of chronic illnesses or Mm -hmm. um, who are differently abled and and who are in pain and things like that. And so I feel that PCOS sort of helped me in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. It sort of actually helped me connect to my body because I wouldn't be able to thrive if I weren't in a place of really being in compassion with my body and, and without PCOS, I'm not sure if I would have been there. Mm. So like the PCOS kind of helped you like align with yeah. your body. That's cool. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I could totally relate like as somebody with PCOS, I feel like, yeah, I feel the same way. So Ivy, what do you wish the, the world or at least other medical professionals knew about PCOS? Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think the most important thing that I wish the world knew, um, medical professionals, people who live with it, friends and family, allies, 
is that it manifests differently in everyone. Mm-hmm. And so there is no um, prescription or advice or eating plan or exercise or anything that works across the board for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so whether you live with it or you have a loved one who lives with it or you're a doctor, um, it actually takes that patience to work with the person or to understand the person and to listen to them and what their experiences are. You can't assume that you automatically know everything that that person is going through or the solutions to all of their challenges because it's different for all of us. Of course. I don't know if this has happened to you, but there are so many times that doctors or even just my friends or somebody will say, oh, well, I know somebody who has PCOS Mm -hmm. and they just did X, Y, Z and their body looks like this or that. And um, there are just so many differences. I mean, I'm sure right now if we were to go through our experiences with PCOS, we would find like a million different ways that our bodies surprise us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that can also lead to shame, right? It, it, yes. Because if I hear your story, Kimmy, and you mm-hmm. say, well, I did one through 10 and mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm okay. And then mm-hmm. I try it and I don't get any of the same results. Then mm-hmm. I start to feel shame about my body and, and mm-hmm. trying to figure out, well, why is my body not responding in the same way? Rather than slowing down and practicing compassion and patience mm-hmm. and learning what works for, for my body. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it makes it so much harder to get help when yeah. people are, yeah, when people don't realize how different we all are. Yeah. Um, well, talking about getting help, would you mind sharing the best and worst advice that you were given for your PCOS? Um, I would say the worst advice would be um, just take birth control pills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just going to put you on a birth, uh, birth control pills or we're just going to put you on metformin. Mm-hmm. And then uh, between the two of those, that should rectify the issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like it's such um, a shortcut. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not really not only understanding the fact that PCOS is so much more than that, but also it's not respecting and honoring the fact that there are so many symptoms that show up and again, show up in different ways and metformin and birth control aren't the answers to all of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Yeah. I think it, it is a example of how, um, I feel like it's the medical community just kind of sees it as like a fertility thing and it's, so much more than that. And then I'm, I'm always like, it starts in the hypothalamus, not in the ovaries. So like, mm-hmm. it's a really, it's, it, it, it's the whole body that it affects like every cell of the body. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's just like you said, like a totally just a bandaid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and one more thing I would add to that is that I feel like, um, society sort of trivializes PCOS and they mm-hmm. sort of like they do with, um, PMS. Mm-hmm. where they feel that women are sort of exaggerating um, or it's, it's not as serious of an issue or, you know, that a lot of the things that are going on, people are sort of making it more dramatic than it is yes. um, and not really understanding, how, even living with it, I continue to learn how much PCOS, just like you said, Julie, how it affects all of the body. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm really happy you mentioned that because I feel like for me, I've just noticed that as I share more about my PCOS with people I know, um, who, as they learn more, it almost feels like they don't understand or they don't really believe it. And they're just like, Oh, okay. And you can just sense the disconnect there. And as you learn more about your PCOS and how it affects so many different things, um, there's just so much validity to these shared experiences that we have. And it's really frustrating when people dismiss it. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And I think, Kimmy, did you write um, a blog post about, or maybe we just talked about it or something, but about like how like a lot of people experience, um, like, do I even have it? Like, um, oh, yeah. like, is it just in my head? And because um, mm-hmm. it's kind of this ambiguous and so poorly researched uh, condition. And um, what you're teaching me, Ivy, is like, that's the stuff that leads to that shame, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not doing it the way it's supposed to. I'm, you know, I'm not even doing yeah. PCOS the way we're supposed to. And, and mm-hmm. to hold it on instead of like, oh, well, they just don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and like Kimmy was saying about it being dismissive, it's sometimes when you tell people, oh, you know, this is going on with my hair because of PCOS or my skin is like this because of PCOS or my, I'm having these teeth is or gum issues or, and they're, and they're thinking, or they sort of respond with a, you blame everything on your PCOS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, mm-hmm. well, it really does manifest in the body and it mm-hmm. sort of creates this, um, domino effect of where you know it does affect a lot of different things mm-hmm. yeah comprehensive than people under think it is exactly yeah totally does well one thing that um we're wondering too is do you did you get any really good advice along the way I've, I've seen a lot of good advice online um mm-hmm. from practitioners who are really taking the time to um research and understand and, and listen to the women um who live with it I feel like it's almost conversely to what I said, the bad advice. Is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like the best advice that I've heard is um, understanding that the, the symptoms aren't the same for every woman and that every woman can have um, different symptoms. And so just because you don't have all of the symptoms doesn't mean you don't have PCOS mm-hmm. um, because a yeah. lot of women will exclude themselves and then they don't get the treatment that they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So um, I'm wondering, what what tools do you use to navigate your mental and physical wellness? Um, I am passionate about weight-neutral holistic wellness and self-care. For me personally, I'm, I'm really big on self-care is like numero uno for, for me. It's number <laughs> one. Um, just really tuning into my body um, and listening to the signals that are going on and sort of responding. Um, definitely uh, being okay with saying no um, and taking the time to get lots of rest and, and things like that. Because at at one point when I was in that point of war with my body, I felt like I had to sort of keep up with everyone else. And I would get angry if I were experiencing symptoms or pain or, 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 um, PCOS was sort of expressing itself in my body in a certain way. And, I would get upset and and feel like it was sort of keeping me from performing in life the way that I wanted to. And so I had to get to the place of realizing that this is my body and and being in acceptance and it's okay if I need 
um, extra rest or I need to cut back on my stress level or I need mm. to um, eat a certain way or drink more water or go to more doctor's appointments or whatever it is that I need. Because again, like we said, it shows up differently for everyone, but mm. it's okay to give myself what I need. And it's also okay to tell the people around me the things that I need. Mm. I think those two things have been the most pivotal in me having um, a, definitely a different quality of life. Mm-hmm. So something that I know is that Kimmy and I are on board with you about the weight neutral side of all of that. And um, a, a listener though may, ne- may not really um, know where we're coming from. Mm-hmm. And so why in particular for you is that the weight neutral side of holistic wellness and self-care, like why is that an important part of it? Um, well, it sort of goes back to what we mentioned earlier about experiencing shame because your body doesn't perform in a certain way. And so I had to learn that when I had a weight central um, lifestyle where everything was based on the scale, you know, how I was eating, how I was exercising, how I was dressing, I was totally obsessed with the scale. And mm-hmm. um I had to realize that if I wasn't really eating and moving based on what worked for me, I was eating and moving based on what number was or was not showing up on the scale. Mm -hmm. And so um, weight neutrality for me, which just means that I don't focus on the scale. I don't focus on numbers, period. So I don't focus on the scale, the... um, I don't focus on my gene size and those types of things or measuring things or anything. I just really focus on um, how I feel in my body mm-hmm. and, and how, whether I'm thriving or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I made that choice because I didn't want to feel ashamed of my body anymore. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can eat a certain way or move a certain way. And I don't know if the scale is moving or it, whether it's going up or down or not moving at all. Mm-hmm. But I'm just doing what feels good for me and what serves me and what really helps me to thrive and feel alive as a woman. Of course, of mm-hmm. course. Um, so is there anything that you learned about PCOS that surprised you? Hmm. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like you've been knowing a lot since even before you were diagnosed, you did yeah. that whole report. So I feel like I can understand <laughs> I can understand why your answer may be no. <laughs> yeah, I would say maybe um, what Julie had referenced earlier about PCOS really not being centered in the ovaries um, mm-hmm. because of the fact that it's named polycystic ovarian syndrome. <laughs> um, I would say that's probably one of the biggest wow moments for me. Um, mm-hmm. And especially because kind of referring back to what we were talking about with physicians where they focus on fertility and sort of if we can just get your period to regulate or get you to have a period or get you on birth control and those things, um, it, it sometimes can be ovarian focused and um, not paying attention to the other ways it shows up in the endocrine system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so I um, want to take a moment to think about the 17-year-old Ivy, because that's the year you were diagnosed, right? Yeah. Correct? And um, think back to her. And what do you wish you could tell yourself at 17 after receiving your PCOS diagnosis? Um, wow. 
Oh, nobody's ever asked me that before. <laughs> um, I would just say you're not broken. Um, you're not less than. Mm-hmm. Um, you have everything inside of you that you need to make it through this. Um, don't let other people shame you. Um, it's your body and you have the right to, um, to fight for your best life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That is some great advice. Yes. Um, we are so appreciative of your time. Like you just, you just taught me a lot about your lived experience and I'm really grateful for it. And if someone is listening and wants to know about your work, I know you do coaching and other things. Um, I would love for you to share with us, um, the best way for someone to find you. Sure. Um, so they can visit my website, which is me, my body and love.com. Um, and you can find me on social media under I am Ivy Felicia. Again, we really appreciate all of that. What you told me, I think it's going to be really powerful for, um, those listening right now. And, um, yeah, we just really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this rebroadcast of the PCOS and Food Peace podcast. It was created by Julie Duffy Dillon and Kimmy Singh. Audio engineer is Toby Lyles from 24 Sound. Show art by Katie Sanders from Pop and Gray. Music by Tiny Music and titled Super Pop. We are grateful that you listen to our show. And if you'd like more information about Julie's work, go to juliedillonrd.com. And Kimmy's work, go to tastingabundance.com. Thank you for listening to the show, and we hope it gave you more opportunities to experience food peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.